great seeing you, Dominic. You know, when people ask me what have I been doing in the city, I say you need to talk to Dominic Carter because you've been covering me for almost 30 years now. Nice to be with you, Dominic. I think you are really in a very, very high league. And I watch some of your competitors on, frankly, the national shows, and I say, why aren't you doing a national show? Because I really think your delivery and your questioning wow. and your brain power is really at the highest level. So that's good. This is Dominic Carter, everybody. everybody. Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Dominic Carter, Talk Radio 77 WABC. It is January 28th. And I want to start off by saying happy birthday to my baby girl, my daughter, Courtney, the mother of my grandkids. Happy birthday, Courtney, up in Rhode Island, where she lives with her family. Here is where I am going this morning. The wake for NYPD officer Jason Rivera, as the night before, Tires on close to a half a dozen police vehicles were slashed at a Harlem vigil for the slain officers. I'm really trying to comprehend why someone would slash police tires, especially now. Do you have no shame? 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. The funeral will be held in just a few hours from now for slain NYPD officer Jason Rivera. His wake earlier today at St. Patrick's Cathedral Thousands watched as the young cop's body arrived in a police motorcade. Officers stood at attention in dress uniform as bagpipers performed a moving rendition of Amazing Grace. Inside St. Patrick's, the body of the 22-year-old cop lay at the foot of the altar with his photo alongside an NYPD flag made of flowers. Here is what folks said outside St. Patrick's. You could walk out the house and you might think that you're going to save lives and you are going to save lives, but you're going to risk your own life, you know? We as a country have to dig a little deeper and look within and say, what what are we really going to do? What do we really stand for? Every morning, put on their uniforms, kiss their families goodbye without knowing they're going to come back alive that evening. And these two officers didn't. We have to be able to communicate and amalgamate our thoughts 
so we will be able to make New York City a better city to live in. The community, the police department will, will work with each other, with the community, to make the community stronger and to interact with the police department on a positive note. I'm so heartbroken for their families. I'm, I, I'm heartbroken for the NYPD. Everything that being reported about how he wanted to bridge the gap between the communities and the police department, he was serious about that. It hit hard. I mean, his parents is grieving. You know, you gotta, you gotta remember, he's a child. Forget the uniform; he's a child. And so, while all of this is going on, and it is heartbreaking, as crowds gathered at a vigil, a memorial, if you will, for the slain officers at the three-two precinct where they were stationed in Harlem, tires of several police vehicles were slashed. Why would you do that? And why would you do that now? Several marked NYPD vehicles and a van, rear tires slashed a van from the Darien, Connecticut Police Department in town to show their respect for the officers these vehicles were parked down the block from the 3-2 Precinct Station House on 135th Street near Adam Clayton Powell Jr. Boulevard, where a man was caught on surveillance tape about 6.30 p.m. Wednesday puncturing and slashing the tires. And I, I spent, I'm going to your phone calls in just uh, one second here. I spent part of my day, a good part, trying to understand why someone would do this. And it, it had me second-guessing myself because I can't comprehend why someone would do that, be so hateful, and and now. And then I'm saying to myself, well, Dominic, may, maybe you got your head in the sand and, and you don't really realize what's going on between the community and the police department. Literally, close to a 40-year career, and I spent part of the day second-guessing myself to say, what are you missing, Dominic? Why? You, I, I can't begin to, uh, to fathom why someone would do something like this. Let's go to the telephone calls. Dominic Carter here with you, Talk Radio 77 WABC. Let's start with Michael in New Jersey. Good morning, Michael. You're on the Dominic Carter Show. Yeah, good morning. It's very simple. Their hatred of policemen. And I'm in absolute shock. I actually heard Stan say something that he agreed with me. He was saying, I'm looking at these politicians, the black politicians, who were saying, get rid of the police department, release everyone from prison. And he said, I'm starting to believe that it's like we're going to get even with white people by doing something like this. But the truth is. That's all they're doing is hurting their own people. They're hurting black people. In the city of Chicago, 26 children, innocent children, 
and babies were murdered, were shot by, I guess, by accident. Of those 26, one was white, the other 25 were black. People are killing their own. They are kill. I mean, you're smart enough to realize that. They're not hurting white people. They are, for God's sakes, they're hurting their own innocent, innocent black people, black, innocent, innocent children, and super, super innocent black babies. And they don't realize it. Their hatefulness, their viciousness is so strong, like that woman politician who, who said, oh, I'm sorry to hear about the two policemen, and I'm sorry to hear about the family of the murderer, who before that came out and said, get rid of the police. The, get rid the of council woman. Them all. Right. She right. hates, her hatred is stronger than her love for her own people. And Stan actually, I'm, I'm, I'm in shock, he, he said it to Monica Crowley. He actually mm. said something that, that was intelligent. I guess he's not as stupid as I thought he was. Well, Michael, I, uh, I thank you uh, for the call. Let's go to, let's go to uh, Linda. On Long Island. Good morning, Linda. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Good morning, Dom. We were talking a couple of nights ago about his mother. And, I, you know, I cried today, too, when I saw when I saw her. Every time I saw him, the saddest thing. Uh, not, the, not the son, of course. You know who. Uh, policeman. Uh, I was thinking about it. We should, I mean, I assume you could get it um, with the Freedom of Information Act. You could get the 911 tape and see exactly what, you know, exactly what she said, because she was a corrections officer and she would know the correct way of making that call. So the two policemen were not in danger as they were. She not only killed two people indirectly killed two people. She killed three. She could also maybe her son would have survived if they, things had been different. Well, you know? so well, they all died. Well, well, Linda, right? in in principle, I agree with what you just said. But let me mm-hmm. be very clear here: um, the mother didn't kill anyone. Oh uh, no, no, no! In not not kill is strong, but you know she should have done it. That's what I, I, know what I agree with you. I agree with you on that point. I agree with you a thousand percent on that point, Linda, that it could have been handled by the mom, uh, perhaps and uh, in informing the police officers of what they were dealing with in somewhat of a, um, a different way. Thank you for the call, Linda. Let's go from uh, Long Island to the Upper West Side. Let's say good morning to Gail. Gail, you're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Hi, um, and thank you for your show. I'm going to Jason Rivera's funeral tomorrow morning. Actually, thank you for doing the, the, that. Your previous caller kind of beat me to the punch here, but I'll just repeat it. We need more transparency about the mother, LaShawn McNeil's mother. We, we need to know exactly what she said in her initial call, 911, to the police. And I want to know uh, the, the, call, the call screener, what was her involvement? I don't think there was a mention of guns. I don't think there was a warning. There, it just seems like there was a, there were mistakes to, that were made, and we need we need to know we need to know the exact transcript. Everything said. Um, I think she's getting a pass, and I think she's putting on an act of remorse. And um, I want I want to know what her involvement was. I think she's more responsible, perhaps, 
an accomplice to murder. It seems to me that there was a bit of a setup that she lured these policemen there and then they were trapped in the hall. They didn't know her son was hiding in the bedroom and he was locked and loaded. He was waiting for them, ready to burst out and fire on them. Now, this mother played a bigger part. She's just she's just getting a pass on this. The media has moved on and, and taken her at her word of regret and remorse, and I'm not buying it. Could you help with this, please? Well, Gail, you know, I, I can put in a, a, a FOIL request, a Freedom of Information request for the 911 call, but I do believe that some of my colleagues have probably already beat me to the punch and have requests, uh, I'm sure, I'm sure, Gail, uh, and thank you for the call, that several of my colleagues, uh, in the uh, members of the Fourth Estate, have already made a, a FOIL request. Uh, but then the question becomes of, will the city release it? Will the NYPD uh, release it? Let's go now to Elena. Elena's calling from New Jersey. Good morning, Elena. You're Good on morning, Talk Radio Dominic. 77 WABC. Good morning, Dominic. Dominic, you asked a very interesting question. Why would people do such ugly things as, for example, slash tires Mm -hmm. and policemen who are mourning? I think this whole movement is based on one thing, money. If people weren't supported financially, would they so quickly act the way they do. If they weren't uh, financially supported into the positions they're in, would they so quickly speak out? Because they would be victims of whatever's happening Mm -hmm. if you get money. For example, uh, the people robbing stores, they get paid to rob and then they get paid for selling the products. And if they don't, then whoever they're working for does. And so that's one thing, money. Money makes all of this go around, all, all the, the, the fake uh, foundations and everything. That, that's how it's channeled. Uh, the second thing is that uh, it gives a person, especially someone who needs it, this kind of behavior and this kind of gratification and money gives them status. If you go to work and you do a good job, you get paid. Well, they're going to work, they're doing a good job, and they're getting paid. They're getting rewarded. They have status. They, um, I'm sure they have some sort of sociological hierarchy with the people they're associated with. Not, these people generally are probably not doing this on their own. But, but Elena, but, but yeah. to do it now, to, to slash these tires now, and to have the nerve to do it near the police precinct, and, and and to include a vehicle, police vehicle from uh, Darien, uh, Connecticut, it amounts to spitting in the face of the NYPD as these officers are being laid to rest. You're and, right. And what I'm trying to figure out, you know, um, I take some heat on social media because people say to me, uh, well, Dominic, you know, you covered the NYPD and you were so aggressive with them for the first 17 years of, of your career on television. And now all of a sudden you support the NYPD. I just want to say this, Elena, and I do thank you for the call. First of all, as the face of uh, New York One, when I was there, when you're in the role of a news reporter, a news anchor, 
you are not allowed to share the way it works in, in the way it's supposed to work. I know with today's modern media, it seems like everybody's giving their opinion, but the way it's supposed to work is you're not supposed to share your personal opinion. And so I was assigned uh, over the years, numerous uh, police brutality cases, and I covered them all. But over time, and this is why I feel that I am such an effective uh, uh, representative spokesman when it comes to police community relations, because I've seen it from both sides. I've been on the front line on each side. I've been the reporter in all of these high-profile cases when when young men have been killed, where the mothers have sat down with me on television. I have literally watched them cry uh, privately from Amadou uh, Diallo's mother to to uh, to the young man on Staten Island. I can go on and on and on and on. But what has happened over time is that I have realized the police are not the enemy. The police are out there trying to do a job. And so now I'm in the role of a talk show host, and I'm here to give my point of view. And my point of view is I stand 100% with the NYPD and law enforcement. And it's in all of our interests to stand 100% with law enforcement. They're not the bad guy. In certain communities, it's so warped where they have folks believing that the drug dealer on the corner is your friend. That's not your friend. That is the devil in disguise. And they have you believing that the police are the enemy. The police are not the enemy. When you're in trouble, the first person, the first individual you call when you're in trouble is the NYPD. And they never know, as we found out in this situation, what they are walking into. They literally walked into an ambush. I spent two hours today over this slashing of the tires talking to uh, to a good friend of mine who is retired NYPD and now works uh, Atlanta uh, police. And I was talking to him about this whole situation, and he understood how upset I was and am regarding this situation. Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And we are back, folks. So I'm going back to your telephone calls. I've never heard of this um, rapper. His name is C. Blue. C. Blue. Cameron Williams. For right now, he's walking free. He's a New York City teenager rapper charged with shooting 
an NYPD cop, and he's out on $250,000 bond. See, Blue, he was locked up. I mean, it's just insult after insult after insult. He was locked up at a juvenile facility in Brooklyn on gun and assault charges. 16 years old, supposedly up and coming, and he walked free on bond Thursday, a few hours ago. And as you might expect, considering he's charged with shooting one of their own, cops are very upset about it. What does uh, Pat Lynch have to say? At the uh, PBA, the president, I am quoting here. If anybody wants to know why we have a crisis of violence in this city or why we're about to bury two hero police officers, look no further than this disgraceful bail release. Lynch goes on to say this individual chose to carry illegal guns, not once, Twice, twice, he chose to fight with and shoot a New York City police officer. There's no reason to believe he won't do the exact same thing when he's out on the street tonight. Lynch uh, concludes his statement, and bravo as it relates to this, because these judges have to be called out. Even if they're following the law, they've got to be called out. You can't just hide behind the bench and we don't know who you are. Lynch goes on to say, shame on Judge Dennis Boyle for allowing this to happen. Judge Dennis Boyle, the people of the Bronx won't be safe as long as he's on the bench. And remember, folks, the city is burying one of the officers, in under nine hours. And someone, a 16-year-old, that's charged with shooting a police officer is out on the street, posted, and he's a rapper. And guess what, folks? Things are so dysfunctional, his career is probably going to take off. His career is probably going to skyrocket now. Street credibility. I'm the man. I'm the man. I shot a New York City police officer. Oh. Let's go back to the uh, telephone calls. I, I am trying this morning to not get emotional. You know, I'm just trying to, to lay it out there. And you decide. You decide. Because I'm stuck on the fact that in this climate this week of burying a police officer with another funeral coming right behind it, that somebody is offering sympathy to the shooter's family and at the same time slashing the tires of police vehicles at the precinct where the officers worked. To my friend uh, Stan in Forest Hills, good morning, Stan. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Uh, I need to respond to the gentleman who first you spoke with on the beginning of the show. Uh, he referred to me 
and what I said about what I believe is possibly happening is that with the new elections, uh, the majority leader, the House Speaker, who are people of color and were elected, uh, as well as the district attorney here in the city, person of color. Now, I'm not, I'm not, I'm far from being a racist, believe me, but it is possible that in their minds, why would they not redo or think about even going, let's have a session on, on bail reform. They don't want to do it. And not just that, but there are other politicians. You know, I mentioned that councilwoman, I think, who said about the, uh, the wish the other person had died, the killer, and wish the parents of them and so forth, and other politicians as well, from uh, dominantly persons of color. And my thinking and questioning, again, this is only me, what is going through their mind? What are they thinking? Are they thinking it is possibly time that people of color now have to get uh, change the situation for us and that possibly the law will now work for us. I'm not saying they're doing that, but a group, it seems to be going that way. Hey, Stan. I let, may let, be wrong. Stan, I may be wait, 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 Stan. Let, let, let's use your example for a second. Let's use okay. your, your example well, for... I wanted to say one other thing, but I'll wait. Go okay, let, let's use your... And then I'm going to uh, John in Hell's Kitchen, who... Okay. Who attended the wake today? Right. Okay. Let, let's let's say let's say for argument's sake, your assessment is correct. I may be wrong. I mean, again, okay. Wait, know. wait, wait, wait. Let, let's just look at it for a second. Okay. Sure. Who are the people that are dying? It doesn't make a difference. Of course, it makes a difference. No, well, black it, people it, are wait, dying. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, but wait, 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 wait. Cops are dying. Okay, but wait, 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 wait. If you just said that, you know, people of color are coming into power, you specifically stated African-Americans, and it's true. The ones that I it's, mentioned, it's, yeah. it's true. It's true. It's true, right? But it's their people that are dying like dogs in the street and including police officers. So, so, so in other words, your, your, your example of what you're citing, I don't know what's in their heads. I, I, I don't know. But 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 if if this is if this is if this is their version of representing people of color, I'll take a pass. I, I'll pass. I'm on, I, I'm I'm good. I'm good. I, I I'll deal with the old system. I understand. But let, just go one by one by one by one by one. Neither none of these people, these elected officials, do not want to go. And governor, you know, to have a, a special session on the bail laws, the p- council people in the city who are n- not all progressive, some are liberal, more progressive, don't want to do anything. So the question is, what is the thing? The, the thinking has to be, and, and it's not just one. If it was one, we could question. The thinking has to be, we're going to change the laws against not just poor people, but people of color. And and so forth. And yes, their own their own people are getting killed, cops as well. But it's a possibility that this is the thinking going on. They're not going to admit it. If they held no. the state assembly to have the thing on to re- talk about bail reform and bring it back, I wouldn't probably bring it up. But they're, but Stan, they're not. 
They're not. Stan, they're, I, I, I've got to move on. What I can tell you, I, I, you know, I engaged in your exercise. What's going on is that they feel that it turns out the votes of their base to keep them in office forever. And the climate of what changed all of this was George Floyd and uh, Khalif Browder, right? A young man, if if you look at Netflix, you'll see I'm one of the subjects that's interviewed uh, in a Netflix uh, special on, it's like a 10-part um, series on what happened to Khalif Browder, the young man in the Bronx accused of um, of taking a... Uh, a book bag, 16 years old, uh, small in size, and he refused to take a plea bargain. He ended up in Rikers. He ended up in segregation. He was beat repeatedly by other inmates, and ultimately, after his name was cleared, he came home in the Bronx, back to his family, a national hero, and rightfully so in his case, and he stood by his innocence, and he ultimately took his life because he said that his life changed while he was uh, locked up uh, at Rikers. And so that's the backdrop of what has caused all of this. But when you talk about going in the other direction way, way, way too far, that's what has happened here. To John in Hell's Kitchen, good morning. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Good morning, Dominic. Um, my feelings are exactly like yours tonight. I, I, I've attended a lot of funerals in St. Patrick's since I was a little boy, Cardinal Spellman, to all the 9-11 funerals, very closely associated with the fire department. A lot of the people lost. I was there today, Dominic, and I'm never going to forget the frozen tears on everybody's faces. It was freezing cold, stark cold, sad, dark. It was eerie. And, and I, and I got to tell you something, Dominic. We are in a, you know, Marvin Gaye said, makes me want to holler, throw up both my hands. We are in a situation, Dominic, where we are at a chasm. We are at a crossroads. I honestly, truly believe that these people, whoever they are, are being given marching orders. And George Soros is passing money around. He's bringing all these illegals in. He's building up armies. He's putting them in all different communities. And he, they, listen, Antifa, Dominic, Dominic, you're a smart guy. You've been around a long time. I watched your New York one. I listen to you. Sometimes I agree with you. Sometimes I disagree with you. But you know what time it is. And I'm also from the Bronx, Dominic, born on... East 141st Street, Cypress Avenue, from the boogie down. We're street kids. We know what time it is. There is something, you know, what did Shakespeare say? Something stinks in Denmark. Well, something stinks in New York right now. And they're being given marching orders. In my neighborhood, I can see it. I'm a guy on the street. I stand on my stoop, old school. I can see it. They're being told what to do. And... Somebody, I don't, and uh, you know, Eric Adams, I feel sorry for him because he's not going to have enough time to do what needs to be done. And that's, that's where my head's at, Dominic. That's where my head's at, man. Well, John, um, thank you for the comments that you made. And um, I do, I do know what time it is. And it's sad because people are being played like pawns and a very bad chess game. And the police are in the middle 
trying to do their job. And some of the parties in this chess game that are moving the piece or the pieces around have literally taught the community that the police are the enemy. Now, have has there been some bad things that's happened over time as it relates to the police in the community? Yes. But when you average it all out, the police are not the ones that you need to be afraid of. No, you can't walk around with a gun or have your girlfriend carry a gun in her purse. You don't have a right to do that unless you have a license. But, you know, and I I don't want to, I don't want to attack rap today. I don't, I'm just, I'm just, you know, but some of the lyrics in the music has taught the kids, you don't have to answer to anyone. You do what you want to do. You are the victim. You could do what you want to do because you're the victim. You don't have to go to school. Someone sent me a letter uh, in the mail here at the radio station the other day. And he was telling me, you're not the only one that picked yourself up and went to college. You're right. Of course, I'm not the only one. But don't tell me that. Tell these kids that. That. See, I don't even want to go there this morning. But tell these kids that that get on the train and call each other the N-words like they're passing candy. Tell them that. I don't need to know. Go to school. Been there, done that. As I've said before, first one in my family to do it. But I'm not going to get started this morning, folks. I'm not going to get started. It's on you, folks. I'm, I'm letting you folks verbally work this out because I know what time it is. As the caller said, believe me, I know. I've been on the front line for 40 years. For 40 years. And when I knew something was wrong early on in my career, so, you know, I'm done. I'm done with graduate school at Syracuse University. I'm in radio, and uh, they send me down to Brooklyn to cover the story. It's like 6 o'clock in the morning, and it was, um, and it was, um, it was uh, a homeless shelter, and I'm interviewing this woman, and the woman said to me, she said, I want a nice two-bedroom penthouse apartment like everybody else. And that's when I realized what, what the problem was. It's real simple. Are, 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 you, are, are you working to, to bring in an income to justify? I mean, I, I want, folks... I want to move to uh, Saddle River. As a matter of fact, I want to move to Alpine, New Jersey. The homes in Alpine, New Jersey started about $20 million. I can want all I want. If I am not pulling in enough income to justify a $20 million property, and, of course, the taxes that go along with that, and and, and the expenses of keeping up the grass and so on, in Saddle River, okay, Saddle River, right? Nice community. You've got to have the money. Everybody has wants. But what do you, and that's when I first realized many, many years ago, the disconnect with reality and what some of these activists are telling people. All they're doing is running game. Let's go to uh, Delvin uh, calling from uh, Westchester. Good morning. 
Devin, good morning. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Hey, uh, thanks, Dominic. Uh, thanks for everything you do. Big fan. Um, <clears throat> I just wanted to say, you know, everything we're seeing, uh, all this chaos is a complete reflection of liberal politics and liberal politics only. But aside from that, human beings are savages. And this whole idea that just because we've managed to live with each other in a civilized society, that we should forget that at our core, human beings are not very nice. Look how children treat each other. You know, there's always going to be bad people out there, period, because human beings are just innately kind of not nice to each other. And so if we don't have cops and if we don't have law and order, we're screwed. And, you know, everything we're seeing is a direct consequence of liberal politics, hmm. period. Well, I, I, I thank you for the call. I, I What I simply don't understand, to me, it's real simple. You have to go to school. There are no shortcuts to success. Anything worthwhile in life, you will work hard for. You have to start at the bottom and work your way up. You have to go to school. This is now the second time I've said this. You cannot think that you're going to drop out of school and for the most part, be the next big rapper to make it. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Go to school. Be respectful and responsible. And you will make something out of yourself. And no excuses. No excuses. Nobody wants to hear that your daddy is not in the picture. And I can say that, as you folks know, because my father was not in the picture. As a matter of fact, one of the things that I'm most embarrassed about, folks, in life, one of the things that checks my ego when, you know, as, as someone who's interviewed Nelson Mandela, as I have, as someone who's moderated debates with Hillary Clinton, as I have, have with Michael Bloomberg, as someone who's been a guest at the White House. And, and on, on some occasion, uh, I, I've had the opportunity to fly on Learjets. The one thing that checks my ego when I let it get too far out of place, and I've never mentioned this on the radio is when I when I pull out my birth certificate because I have a mother on my birth certificate. I have a doctor that delivered me on my birth certificate. I literally do not have a biological father on my birth certificate, and that is the way I'm going to die with no biological father. I know who my father was. I met the man twice for maybe five minutes. He pat me on the head and said, boy, are you doing good in school? And that was it. But here's my point. Even with that situation, there's still no excuse. And for me, for me, folks, the problem starts with this welfare dependency and, you know, generations. I mean, we, we, we could go down the line of what's wrong. We could go down the line of what's wrong. But let, let's let's do this. Let's go. Let's continue with the telephone calls. Let's go. Uh, let's go to um, to our friend Jennifer up in Boston. Good morning, Jennifer. What's on your mind? Good morning, Dominic. Um, the caller from Health Kitchen and uh, the way he uh, was able to help visualize what happened today at that wake it was very touching, and it's heartbreaking that it's even occurring. 
So I just wanted to take a moment now, and I thank you for allowing me the opportunity, um, just as a citizen, um, not of New York, but of this great country, to just say, um, to send my condolences to these families of these fallen officers, um, to express my gratitude for their bravery and their decency and the way they live their lives. And um, I hope the families will feel the support of many people um, during this just absolutely unthinkable time that they're living through. And um, if I could, Dominic, just say one thing, you know, Biden talked about a winter of death not long ago, if you remember that. Um, he said it was for the unvaccinated, but I, I hear it's something far greater, Dominic. Um, a six-month-old baby killed a couple of days ago, gunfire. Mm-hmm. In, in Atlanta? Is that the one you're talking yeah. about? Yeah. And, and no, yeah. nobody's saying anything? Nope. No. Nobody's saying anything? No, an eight-year-old girl killed in, uh, walking in the street in Chicago with her mother. Um, you have two fallen officers uh, in New York, a fallen officer in, uh, down near Houston. You have three officers shot that luckily lived in one week, three, three in one week in uh, Milwaukee County. Um, and you have Washington, D.C., an officer shot. Countless others, as you know, Dominic, that 11-month-old girl in the Bronx. And then we could go on and on and on. I think uh, Obama talked about a fundamental transformation of America, as you'll recall. And my fear is that's exactly what we're living through. Um, Michelle Obama talked about we have to change the way we think about America, the way we think about our traditions, the way the conversations we have, et cetera. And um, I sensed something awful when I heard them speak, Dominic. And I will tell you, my mother... I was basically weaned on Martin Luther King. My mother adored him, adored him, as did I. And I can remember my mother, when we drove through, when I was younger, went to visit family down in uh, Maryland. And the dignity of the African-American women in Washington, D.C., Dominic, when we drove down, and I can remember my mother crying. These women were so dignified. They were out washing the front stoops on their hands and knees to keep it nice. And you look at the way the people acted at the rallies for Martin Luther King, the dignity with which they conducted themselves. His whole thing, as you know, Dominic, was peace. Everything was to be accomplished through nonviolence. He was a brilliant man, such a decent man, an order. Uh, I mean, he was of unconquerable quality. He was, he was a remarkable human being. And I can't imagine... Like you said, Dominic, the fact that people now, they are pawns in a game, and it's not a game for good. You look at the the way that people, if you are a victim in this society, you are celebrated. Everyone wants to be a victim. Everyone wants to be oppressed. And mm. no, nobody wants to do the right thing anymore. You're celebrated for doing the wrong thing. You said something in the beginning of this about have you no shame. Well, that's exactly it, Dominic. They don't have shame. And that is something that is celebrated. And also, you look at the fact that God has been taken out of this country. It's been taken out of our courtrooms, out of our schoolrooms, out of, out of our um, just all civic engagements. You know, they don't even say the Pledge of Allegiance anymore. There's no sense of, of what's right and what's wrong. It's an anything-goes society. And I do believe, as many of your callers and readers' callers have said, there's evil at work here. There's 
There's a lot of underhanded things going on to take down society that you grew up valuing and the country you love, and the same thing for me. And I just pray that um, people, as I've said before, will rise up for what's right, for what's good, for what's just. Mm. Well, There's a way to do it, just the way Martin Luther King did and the people that followed him and the dignity with which they were able to get their message across. So Eloquently think- said, Jennifer, and I, I thank you for the call. I do have to move on. I agree with everything that you said, uh, but I do have to um, take a commercial break. And when I come back from this break, we are going to talk to, I see here we have And let me say this, folks, coming up at 1 a.m., Frank Morano, the other side of midnight, he'll join me in about five minutes. When I come back, we're going to go to Tom in Flushing. These are the Chronicles of Dominic Carter on 77 WABC. And, you know, folks, I was about to go to the situation as it relates to the Westchester uh, Airport, but perhaps we'll do that tomorrow. I see all the calls that, um, that are coming in. And in one second, I'm going to bring in Frank Morano, the other side of midnight. But I want to, I mentioned that we were going to go to Tom in Flushing, who apparently is an NYPD officer. Tom, is that correct? Uh, yes, sir, Tom. Okay, go right ahead, Tom. I'll make it quick because I know the show's coming to an end, but it's just the absence of fear and of consequence. Um, there's no fear of consequence anymore. You know, people are walking around and criminals are walking around knowing they can do whatever they want to do, and there's going to be no consequences. And they're going to push the envelope. They're going to push the envelope, see how far they can get. And with the bail reform and things like that, uh, you know, we have a problem on our hands here. So, Tom, how difficult is the job these days? Uh, It's difficult. We have good training. We have good officers. you know, we're, we we want to do the job. We want to protect the city. We want to do everything we can. Uh, the support after losing two of our brothers um, is great, but the support comes in times like this. Uh, what's going to happen in a week? What's going to happen in two weeks? What's going to happen in a month? You know, what's right. the rhetoric going to be then? Uh, that That's what we really need. Uh, you know, we're going to stand shoulder to shoulder tomorrow. And the next day and uh, next week on Wednesday when we bury uh, Officer Mora. And then what's going to happen Thursday? Uh, you know, we're we're here for the city. We're here for everybody. Um, it's good to see people here for us today, tomorrow, next week. Hey, um, but, hey Tom, you know, li- we need, we listen, need I, I literally have three minutes left of the show and Frank Morano standing sure, sure. by. But my final question to you, why do you think somebody would slash the tires of police vehicles and do it now? Because they can. Because they can. It's funny. You know, it's wow. a, a, a 13-year-old kid, 16-year-old kid. Nothing's going to happen to me. No one's looking. You know, forget the camera on the corner, the NYPD, the Argus camera on the corner. I'm just going to do it. It, because what's going to happen to me? Nothing. Well, Tom, it, like I said when, like I said when I first called, it's the, the fear of consequences are gone. Tom, I, I you thank know? you. I, I wish you know maybe you can call back tomorrow. I have more time to speak with you, but I do thank you for the call. Joining me now. Uh, Frank Morano, the other side of midnight. Good morning to you, Good morning, Frank. Dominic. And uh, it's great to hear from people like Tom. 
and that we have such a great audience with law enforcement and police. And it's, it's I'm grateful that there are people like Tom out there. So what do you have coming up this morning? Well, uh, Fridays, we always start the show by giving listeners an opportunity to get a little wild and get a little creative and ask me questions about any subject. So the questions range from pro wrestling to uh, politics to law enforcement to uh, what kind of shampoo I use. You just never know what's coming up. It's the most unpredictable hour in all of radio. That's coming up in two minutes. And uh, there's talk of a blizzard. So a lot of people wondering what movies they should be catching up on. Debbie Schlussel, who's a conservative activist and an attorney, she also happens to be a film critic. She's going to join me to review some films. And uh, we're going to talk with a a gentleman who is a podcaster named Bryce Zabel, who has a great deal of uh, experience as a a producer. And uh, he is an expert on the UFO issue. And he has a fascinating story about the one time that John Lennon saw a UFO. He's going to tell us about it. You know, you mentioned the storm that's uh, supposedly headed our way today, right? right? And for me, it's a, it's a it's a tough situation because of the driveway and and I'm too cheap. <laughs> they want $200 a pop. Wow. To, to for come, one house? For one house. Jeez. For my house. <laughs> and, 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 you know, and, and so me and my son, we're going to pull the shovels out. and It's going to be, well, look, the weathermen have been wrong before, so who knows? Uh, this is it could true. be a dusting for all we know. This is true. Folks, Fingers you want to keep it right there. Keep it right there. Coming up right now on Talk Radio 77 WABC, the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. I will be back tomorrow, same time, same station, Talk Radio 77 WABC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.